Thank you, Pat. I'll take mine. Our second scripture lesson this morning comes from John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. Hear now the word of our Lord. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd does not own the sheep. He sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay my life down for the sheep. I have other sheep who do not belong to this fold and I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock with one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay my life down in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the resurrection... It illustrates for us what good love looks like. When love is good, it has the power to transform us and to offer new life to the world. So whether it was natural born or not, Rambo was a killer. As Kathy Stevens puts it, he thought it was his job to kill us. It was his job, a job that he seemed to relish. When Rambo arrived, he was full of testosterone and rage, she said. He was so violent and volatile, she said, that we began to compare our war stories. Rambo, you see, was a hateful, hostile, raging Jacob Ram. You know, a baby sheep. If you happen to be the helpless human who was assigned to feed the sheep for the day, Rambo was ready to draw first blood. He would rear up on his hind legs and come at you headfirst, full speed ahead with those twisted horns of his. A Jacob Ram. Kathy and her team, they rescued Rambo from an animal hoarder. There were 17 animals in all that were locked in a small, very small, filthy stall. One of them was a dead cow. The other animals, they were adopted. But see, here's the thing about Rambo. He was too violent. There were a few very experienced sheep herders, and they tried to take him in but they even gave up after a few days. It was hard to know for Kathy what to do with him. There, were, there was a deep concern for the safety, not just of the rest of the sheep, but especially for the farm workers. Rambo, see, he was claustrophobic. He was too destructive to keep in a barn stall. He destroyed the fence. fence. He smashed it to smithereens, she said. It's not untypical for Jacob Rams to be highly emotional and extremely dangerous, but even after Kathy had Rambo neutered, nothing seemed to ease him. Alarmed that Rambo might get someone killed, Kathy was advised to put him down immediately. For our own safety, Kathy said, I struggled with whether it was indeed time to give up on Rambo. In two years, Kathy had seen, had seen dozen of injured, dozens of injured and traumatized animals be transformed. 
This, she said, would be our first failure. I think Kathy is the example for us of what Jesus called a good shepherd. She's a sheep lover, someone who really loves her sheep. She challenges us to rethink what we mean by the word good. She helps us see what good actually looks like in the flesh. So the relationship between Kathy and Rambo, it helps us better understand the teachings of Jesus, the teachings like the ones that we read this morning. It relates to what linguists and cognitive scientist George Lakoff calls framing. In our text this morning, Jesus uses the word good, but how we understand what good means depends on how it's framed. Frames, Lakoff says, are mental structures that shape the way that we perceive and reason about things. And as a result, frames shape the goals that we seek, the plans that we make, the ways that we act, and even what counts as good or bad in the outcomes of our actions. By identifying himself as a good shepherd, Jesus is in the process of reframing. He takes everyday experience, the experience of the people in his day, the experience of tending sheep, and he makes a comparison between what is good and what is not good. In comparing the hired hand to the good shepherd, he's actually not just comparing himself to others, but he's asking us to rethink what we understand by the word good. He's reframing our understanding of what constitutes as good. Deep truths like the the ones in our passage today, they can elude us because of the way that we frame the world, the way that we have the frame that we read the passages with. You know, I grew up on a farm and we had all kinds of animals. And I'm not sure that I would say I loved our animals, but uh, like many farmers, you know, if you're 14, you don't like cleaning out the barn stall, right? But many farmers, and I think certainly my folks would say that they did love the animals. Many farmers would say they love their animals, but what they really mean is that they have an attachment to them. That they feel a kind of warmth and affection, a fondness for them. Caring for animals is certainly hard work. But while they may call it love, I think most of those human-animal relationships are examples of domination. Rarely do they mean the kind of good love that Jesus describes in our passage today. So let's begin with a first question. Why would someone getting in, get in the business to begin with of taking care of sheep? That might answer the question that we have about what we understand the word good means in relationship to shepherd. Why would somebody get in the business to begin with of caring for sheep? There are many who are widely considered shepherds, but they're not good shepherds in the way that Jesus uses the word. See, the frame here is a frame of domination. Rather than shepherds, these farmers are more properly called wool harvesters. They see sheep as a possession. Their relationship is one defined by ownership based on maximizing their benefit. Their relationship is one of domination. When the sheep are no longer profitable, their relationship ends. And most of the time, that means death for the sheep. The good shepherd, on the other hand, is a sheep lover. They see the sheep not as possessions, but as partners. See, the frame here is not one of domination, but of nurture and mutual care. The sheep and the caretaker, they both exist with an equal value and dignity. One does not exist for the sake of the other. 
The benefits that come from this kind of relationship are more spiritual than material. As Richard Rohr puts it, material gifts decrease when you give them away. But spiritual gifts, by contrast, they increase the more you use them. Yes, you get more love by letting it flow through you. If you love, you will become more loving. If you practice patience, you become more patience. That patient. That's the way spiritual practices work. And throughout Easter, I've asked us to reconsider the resurrection in a way that we see it as the divine initiation to living life free from the powers of death. Death with a capital D. The domination system that governs our relationships, not just our institutions, but the way we look at the whole world around us. The way that we look at nature, the way that we look at each other. Most of us, our framework that we look at the world comes from a framework of domination. And domination and nurture can coexist by side by side in our minds. But I think it's important for us to rethink things by listening to what Jesus is telling us. By using the term good shepherd in contrast to hired hand, Jesus is offering to free us from the domination system by reframing our understanding of what is good. In the context of the gospel story, we can assume that the hired hands represent the political and religious leaders of Jesus' day. They see their relationship to the world through the frame of domination. When danger comes, they run, protecting their authority, maintaining the status quo, or upholding their religious doctrines. Those are all more important than keeping their followers, the sheep, from danger. As participants in the domination system, see, the sheep exist for the sake of the hired hand and his benefits. Everything they do, see, is carried out for their own interests. Jesus, on the other hand, represents the good shepherd. His relationship to the world operates under the frame of nurture and mutual care. Jesus identifies himself not as someone above the people, but as one of them. The shepherd, see, identifies with the sheep as if the shepherd and the sheep share a common nature. For those that maintain the classical Trinitarian theology, you know, that theology that says the Father and the Son and the Spirit are all co-equal, it should blow our minds then when we hear what Jesus says next. He says, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, this is the same thing between the relationship of the shepherd and the sheep. They share a common nature. They're one, just as the Father and the Son are one, the sheep and the shepherd are one. See, this is a relationship so that when danger comes, Jesus offers his life for those he loves. Because the good shepherd sees that when the sheep suffer, the shepherd suffers also. See, Jesus is an illustration of what the good shepherd looks like. He's good because he loves the sheep as much as he loves his own life. He's good because he's willing to lay his life down for the sheep. He's good because his love is good love. The shepherd sees the sheep on their own terms, as fellow creatures with their own needs to be met and their own hardships to bear. For the good shepherd, the sheep are here with us, not just for us. See, that's the only way that love can be good, as if it's between two equals. Kathy Stevens the lady I was talking about earlier, she's an example of a good shepherd because she loves her sheep. Like Jesus, watching her work, it challenges others to rethink what we mean by the word good. 
She helps me, certainly, understand what the word good looks like. Starting out with nothing, Kathy created the Catskill Animal Sanctuary. If you don't know about it, it's a 148-acre refuge up north in New York. They have 11 species of farm animals there that have been rescued from cruelty, neglect, and abandonment. And since 2001, they have rescued over 4,000 animals. Caden McGuire, he's an example of one of the Catskill staff. But he's anything but a hired hand. See, he knows every one of the sheep by name. He can tell you the story of Chloe and her son, Ferguson, two of the sheep that suffer from a disease called lentivirus, which is somewhat similar to our HIV. See, Chloe came to the farm as one member of a whole herd of animals that were rescued from a cruelty case in 2016. They had been neglected. They were knee-deep in waste, emaciated, infested with parasites and disease. You know, in the framework of domination, these sheep offer no material benefit whatsoever. The cost is enormous. They cost time, money, and resources to keep alive. And yet, Caden is out there volunteering his time every day watching the sheep. Sheep like Chloe, Laverne, Bertha, Lena. These are all sheep who are caring for their children. And they're teaching, as what Caden would say, teaching us how to be smart, kind, and beautiful like they are. Caden actually says that it, we can understand how to be good parents by watching these sheep. See, I, I spent some time with Caden, and I got a glimpse then of what Jesus must have meant by good shepherd. Caden, he wasn't a hired hand. He's a good shepherd because he teaches the world what good love looks like. My wife, Zion, and I, we took Joey to stay at the Catsco Animal Sanctuary just a couple of weeks ago. And I had just preached the sermon, and you might remember it. I talked about the Rambo Jesus. You remember I put that silly thing on my head? Well, wouldn't you know, that weekend, we went to the animal sanctuary and we stayed in the, the rainbow room. Sorry, the Rambo room. So one of the first stories that our guide told us, our guide's name was Drew, was the story of Rambo. So after having him neutered, Rambo calmed down a little bit, but they were still afraid. They didn't listen to the advice of those who said that Rambo needed to be put down. Instead, they decided that he just needed a little bit more time. They let him roam freely, and after a while, his eyes began to change. And he seemed to show signs that he trusted that maybe he would never again be confined. He began to let go of his anger and feel a little bit more at home at the sanctuary. One cold, bitter night, as Kathy tells the story, after turning out the lights and saying goodnight to everyone, Rambo came up to her and began to bleat as if something was wrong. It was the first time that she had ever heard his voice when it wasn't in anger. He led Kathy into a stall where she found that two of her turkeys were missing. The turkeys' names were Cluck and Cliff. <laughs> Rambo then, he walked with Kathy out into the rain to find these two turkeys outside their pen. Cluck was drenched head to toe. And he, was, he, had, tucked, he had tucked himself in to try to stay warm. Poor Cliff, he was motionless in the driveway in a cold, shallow puddle. And once everyone was back, dry and safe, Kathy began to reflect. What just happened? 
It was the first time Rambo had ever really used his voice, and he had figured out how to tell a human being that something was wrong. Even more than that, he had just shown concern for two animals of a completely different species. Kathy says in her book that that was the moment that changed her life forever. She writes in her book, Nothing I had read or studied for the many years at graduate education had I ever experienced told me that my core beliefs were based on a false set of assumptions, on naivete and ignorance. But in a darkened barn, on a bitter early winter night, a sheep who finally believed he belonged with us did exactly that. See, that's what reframing looks like. Not everything we call love is good love. And often it's little more than a sentimental form of domination. Good love, however, is based on a relationship of equals, of nurture and mutual care. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd because I lay my life down for the sheep. See, that's what the resurrection teach us, teaches us. That God doesn't give up on us when things get tough. That God loves us and is infinitely patient with us. An unending, deeply nurturing love. The way that Caden loved Chloe. Or the way that Kathy loved Rambo. Not just shepherds. Good shepherds. See, that's the kind of love Jesus calls us to have for each other. That's the kind of love that the resurrection calls us to have for the world around us. As 1 John 3.16 tells us, we know what love is by this, that Jesus laid his life down for us. Romans 5.8 says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We ought to lay our lives down for one another. The resurrection, see, it illustrates what good love looks like. What the world needs are people who give their lives to learn how to love well who know what good love looks like. Because when love is good, like we see in the story with Kathy and Rambo, it has the power to transform us. It has the power to offer new life, even to the most broken of us. Amen.